You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, and I'm Ruth for your pleasure. And I'm Mark. Happy Xmas Eve, Eve. It's not a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> Could put the day before be a happy Xmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Yeah, why not? You just want to do the whole year all day around, yeah. like 360 odd Eves. Well, because Xmas Eve is like a day on the calendar and stuff. Yeah. So why can't you have Xmas Eve, Eve? Is, is, is Christmas Eve a significant day? Yes, it's the day before Christmas. Okay, so it gets its own name. Yes. So every day that gets its own name gets an Eve. So do you have Easter Eve? Yeah, why not? You can have Easter Eve. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Eve. Easter Sunday Eve. Easter Sunday. Oh, <laughs> for that one, I expect you to lose it all of our daily lives. Yeah. Like, you have New Year's Eve. Like, it's, well, I suppose we can have a Jubilee Eve. That's Jubilee's coming yep. up soon. All right, fine, fine. I'll let you off. Yep. You can have it as a thing, Mark. I think we can have that, yeah. But uh, we're back with season two, episode nine, the one with Phoebe's dad. Well, not really. Sort of. Kind of. Like, her, dad, her dad's not in it. Yeah. But I mean, we, we learn about her dad, I guess. Yes. So I uh, <laughs> have a habit of misremembering things. And I thought this was... Do, 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 do you, Ryan? Do <laughs> I mean, you? I mean, our comment section keeps reminding us. Um, <laughs> we do, do have some new reviews, actually, by the way. Do we? Yeah. Should we have a look? You, I haven't seen that. I'm excited. Oh, okay. You, you're putting me on the spot here. So we'll do, we'll do this in real time, yeah? Yeah. Uh, let, let's hope nothing awkward plays on a podcast. Maybe our own previous episode, <laughs> you can hear it on the mic. Uh, so yeah, we we had one from uh, Michelle J nineteen eighty just this week, uh, which is actually a few weeks ago. If you listen to this now, because how we record, I recently watched the whole series from start to finish and was looking for podcasts about the show. I tried a couple, but stuck with this one as it's good to hear the show discussed from the perspective of other UK fans. Like another reviewer, I left one staff just because of some inaccuracies, but I am a pendant. Uh, I'd love to engage more and chat about the show and bits mentioned in the podcast, but would suggest a private Facebook group rather than the public Facebook page. This podcast has become a central part of my bedtime podcast listening. Well done, Ryan and Mark. Four out of five stars. Oh, how lovely. That's a very nice review. Yes, it's just a shame. It's, it's a review. shame she's a pedant. <laughs> but, you know. So, well, well, it's, it's more more the shame, not the not her review. It's more the shame that the inaccuracy is probably relating to the first episode. I do feel like we need to go back in and edit something, but yes, we know. Yes, I've, I've, yeah, we said this last episode. I'm going to do it after this recording, actually. Yeah. I'm going to get you to go. Actually, maybe you should apologise <laughs> rather just than me. <laughs> Ryan had a Joey moment and <laughs> made a mistake. Yeah, I've, I've said before, like some, some of the mistakes are just a slip of the tongue, like as we're, we're recording this live and, and stuff. Like I assume your one was. Yeah, I'm going to say yes because that makes me sound <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we do research this and, and try our best. But, you know, sometimes the research out there is, is wrong as well. Like we was recently looking up how many episodes uh, Gumpfell, James Michael Tyler, was in. And somewhere like he's in 54 episodes, 78, 102. And it's like, no, he's in like at least 150. This is off the top of my head, so it might be massively wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's massive inconsistencies out there. So it's like depending on where we find our source, depends on where, we, where they found their source. Obviously, the amount of seasons was just me being an idiot, but there are going to be inconsistencies in times based on unverified sources because the show isn't made now. Well, like, it's, it's not even that. Generally, what happens is, is that you'll get an article writer, especially online, 
who does their research, finds the topic, so they'll find the wiki or whatever, and they will just copy it without doing their own research to see if that original stuff was correct. And generally it's not. Uh, there was a, another website I was trying to look up uh, recently uh, regarding the uh, manga and anime One Punch Man. Yeah. And people kept saying, like, he, he put his comics on this particular website and they were all spelling it out. And it turns out that website isn't the website he put it on. It's just someone somewhere had written that website down and then everyone else has just gone, that's the website and not done their research. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's where some of it comes on. But we do try our best to, to be right. Uh, and Ryan definitely gets flogged every time a review appears. This is where some reviews are going to pop up to rescue me and be like, no, it wasn't that mistake. And then they've got another one we've made. And I'm like, oh, no. No, yeah. I, I know we said tons and tons of times now, you know, if you do spot a mistake, write into us, let us know. Like, we want to basically correct these. But mostly because we're giant nerds. So we like having accurate stuff. So if there's something that we've mistakenly made, it's not going to be an attempt, a deliberate attempt to mislead you. But if you yeah. know more than we do, tell us. Oh yeah. Because then we learn more. We, we are big fans of the show. We're definitely not the biggest. No. But definitely big enough to, to try and make a podcast for it. But yeah, if you know more than us, then tell us, right? What would you say you're the ultimate fan of TV-wise? Like, if we weren't making this podcast, what would be the other TV podcast you'd do? The Simpsons. That, oh my god, that would take forever. That would be the longest <laughs> yeah, yeah. podcast. I, I, I think, well, there, there is a, another podcast listened to called Talking Simpsons, which we might be inspired by slightly, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, they're going for it. They're, they're going to be going for years at this point, which is great for them. Like, we have only got you know, four to five years worth of content, yeah. unless we go through this all again. Uh, you know, it, it, in some ways, it's nice going, yeah, you know, you've got enough content for a podcast for at least 20 years. That sounds good. At the same time, it's like, will you still be doing it in 20 years? Yeah, you still want to do it. When you get to like the middle seasons, or like season 12 of, of The Simpsons, you're going to be like, ugh. Well, that's the problem with The Simpsons. Like, Friends series 1 to 10 is fantastic throughout. There's, there's never a bad moment, really. No. There's certainly not a bad season, at the very least. Agreed. Whereas in Simpsons, you go, season 1, cool. Season 2 to 8, fantastic, great. And then it's downhill from there for quite a number of years. And then it kind of goes up again a little bit and plateaus but it never reaches the heights of the early stuff i suppose similar to south park in a sense where it's kind of it's been on so long that naturally there were just kind of peaks and troughs in what you'd consider quality i guess yeah and i guess a lot of the, the stuff you talk about relates to those early seasons because that's what gets memed and thought about the most because they're the most popular whereas when you're talking about the latest stuff it might be really good but because it's not that old there's there's hardly anything really to talk about in terms of like the I guess the, the zeitgeist, that's, that's probably the word, isn't it? True. Yeah. Uh, to use. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think Friends is quite nice. Like, we are going through Joey now at this point on our Patreon. Over on there, yeah. So we do have two extra seasons of Friends-style content, I guess. Yeah. Like, like Joey. Joey's closely related to Friends because of the main character, but it's its own thing in, in itself. You know what, Isaac? It gets, a lot of, it gets a lot of slack because, I guess, if you had to say overall the writing isn't of the same standard that Friends was. Um, but I do feel like of all the things that we, they could have done with any of the cast post-Friends, Joey makes the most sense. Could have had Gunther, just at Central Perk, just be like Cheers. No, it wouldn't work. <laughs> well, 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 probably not, no. Yeah, like, where would you go with the other characters? Like, if you take Monica and Chandler, they're having a baby, like... Yeah, there's lots of TV shows that have kind of done that. I mean, to me, that would just turn into everyone as Raymond with like Chandler making Saki one-liners. I don't. Yeah, it, it doesn't work as them being 
on on screen the whole 20 30 minutes no and you don't like russ at all so you wouldn't want to watch a russ spin-off oh russ and rachel uh, on again off again like yeah we've done that for 10 years at this point just be in french (laughs) uh and then you'd have a phoebe show could be interesting because they could totally change phoebe's character because phoebe can be whoever she wants to be i guess like like if they went phoebe detective show Yes, oh, yeah. I, I would be in for that. I, I'd watch PBB a private eye, to be fair. Not, yeah. I'm not a legitimate detective in a police force. You'd have to be a private eye. It, it would be like a, a Brooklyn... Uh, is it Brooklyn 911? Brooklyn 99. 99, there yeah. we go. It'd be, it'd be that one. Like, a comedy take on it. Just with Phoebe in it. Yes. Like, like that I could watch. So, yeah, you could do Phoebe. And, and Joey, again, because he's an actor, like, he can be whoever he wants, like... And I guess in some ways, like, he's, he's pretty one-dimensional in Friends. Like, he's just the the guy who chased after the ladies. But they can grow him as a character in Joey. Well, just in terms of, like, he has no real reason to stay in Manhattan no. at the end of the show. And then him being an actor and moving out to Hollywood, it all fits. They're not having to, like, try to shoehorn a logical reason for him to do this. It makes perfect sense that after, you know, treading the board, so to speak, in New York for 10 years, I'll go trauma look in yeah, LA. And, and he's grown up from being, like, a 20-something into a 30-something. So, yeah, he's probably going to want to explore, you know, potentially family or kids or whatever. And everyone else has. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, so, so there's definitely more relationships that you can do. Because, you know, he's grown. He's grown older as well, so. Yeah. You can yeah. tell how excited we are by this episode of Friends that we've spent so long <laughs> talking about Joe. Well, yeah, we, we mentioned this off air, like... You you said that you forgot that what episode this was because you was like oh the one with Phoebe's dad this is where we meet Frank it's like no 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 nope. we don't meet him in this one and as I was going through it, I was like there's very little that kind of happens and it's only really the end of the the episode that kind of saves it mm-hmm. like it's it's not a bad episode it's not it's not boring it's just when you go through you're like oh it's basically Phoebe looking for her dad and there's no other real scenes of note that I can really think of. I think it kind of suffers from where it sits in the run of the series. So the episodes around it are much more important. The previous are the ones with the list and we've had, you know, Ross and Rachel, we Ross and Rachel. Yeah. And you kind of like, it's it's so like up here, like, you know, top 10 ceiling of like, oh my God, dramatic events that even though this is really personally dramatic for Phoebe, in the grand scheme of friends, it's it's not as dramatic as... No, so, you know, with, with Phoebe, you know, there isn't really like much humour there. But, I, I, you know, let's just get into the episode and actually discuss this properly instead of beating around the bush, really. Yeah, sure, let's just get stuck in. Yeah. Uh, we'll be open at the girl's apartment. It's Christmas, an ugly naked guy is decorating his tree, uh, which Phoebe's notices when she's putting up the lights around the window because, you know, it's cute. I'm really happy that Phoebe isn't just leering into windows and ac- she's accidentally peeping at the naked guy because when she first says it, I didn't notice she was putting the lights up and I was like, how rude. Why is Phoebe doing that? That makes Phoebe seem even weirder than, you know, weird in a bad way instead of a fun Phoebe's kind of way. And then I spotted the lights and was like, oh, okay. Um. Well, yeah, like the friends always look at ugly naked guy. Like we haven't seen him for, for a little while at this point. I guess they haven't seen him. We never see him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> They've been looking at him for a while. No, so it's it's nice to have that back. But yeah, they they do spend an awful long time looking at this guy. So I mean, in, in some contexts, like we laugh at, oh, it's just ugly naked. But you can look at it in a different way. Like, oh, that's kind of pervy and weird. It is. I mean, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on why I'm glad Phoebe accidentally saw this. 
Um, it doesn't, you know, it, the fact he's nicknamed Ugly Naked Guy means that clearly it's not an accident the rest of the time, but in this instance, at least it was. Well, I, I do like the joke of, oh my God, you should see the size of his Christmas balls. See, I hate that joke. <laughs> it, 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 to me, that joke's beneath friends. Well, this this is the humour you can get away with. Like, uh, there's another podcast I've been listening to that talks about the film Shrek. Yep. And there's a bit where the gingerbread man like turns around and is like, eat me. And they're like, oh, that's actually quite rude what he's saying. But because he's a gingerbread man, you can get away with it. So here, so if, if Phoebe was going, oh, you should look at his balls. Nope, that would have been cut out, not for TV, not safe. But because she says Christmas balls, they can go, we're talking about his ball balls. So it's perfectly fine. Like, you're the, you're the weird one here thinking we're talking about his genitalia. But that's why I don't like the joke. I feel like it's beneath the show. It's not, it's not particularly you know, clever or witty. It's just, ah, Christmas bubbles. And it's, it's weirdly crude. And I don't like the way the episode starts like that. I, I, like, think, no. I think it's fine for Phoebe because she's, she's a little bit childish. And there's, there's a lot of these types of jokes in Friends. I think it's fine. But this, the episode doesn't play it as a joke, though. That's the weird thing. She's like, oh, you should sit size. It's Christmas balls. There's not suddenly like a ha-ha chuckle like Phoebe's cracking a joke. No. If Phoebe had cracked the joke intentionally, I'd be like, I'd be fine with it. But she says the line as if it's almost like this kind of a weird fourth wall thing of, ha-ha, audience, laugh at this joke. And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, she hasn't involved anyone else in the scene with it. It's pretty much just... She makes a blanket statement at a room that doesn't react to it, really. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that, Friends. Like, mm. I expect more from Friends. That, that's fair enough. Uh, but then Joey and Chandler come to the rescue and enter the apartment, asking the girls how much they tipped the super this year. They're playing on $50, but they don't want to look cheap if the girls tip more. Okay, so this is weird to, to me, like the, the whole idea of a super. Like, I, my knowledge of a super is really from American films from the 80s or TV shows. Yep. Like, if you live in an apartment block here... You're lucky if you have a concierge. Yep. And if you have a concierge, then really all you get is a guy on a desk who looks after your parcels. Like, they don't come and fix the, the building or anything. That's Nope. Uh, we had a concierge in our old building, and any kind of, like, maintenance or work they needed to be doing, it was like, I'll oh, call the, the property agency that look after the building, and they'll send someone out. Um, it would just, is... just be Brandon Bloke who doesn't work at that building yeah you'd just be contracted in he'd come in fix whatever needs to fix in eventually <laughs> and then and then leave um so yeah the the concepts of it strange to me and uh, you know then you have to talk about like tipping as well like i guess as a kid like you're always like oh you know you should tip the christmas like postman and stuff like that nope but at the <laughs> like same it's... time like like it's uk culture i remember when i did like a, a newspaper round like no one ever tipped me and i was always upset because like, all my friends got tips I mean, tipping, I mean, we've discussed tipping many and many a time on the podcast and the differences between us and the States. Um, weirdly, I, under, I kind of understand if my building had a super, I would tip the super. Yeah. Because I assume any of your maintenance or building needs, he's there for basically 24 7 when it comes to fix. That's his job, essentially. Yeah. His job is to be and live in the apartment. And, and you don't want to be a Ross either, do you? No. Um, so, yeah, I kind of get tipping him, uh, to be fair. But. Yeah, fifty dollars is quite a big tip. I don't know. It's Christmas, isn't it? I'm trying to think of inflation. Uh, but also, they they don't want to look cheap, in in you know, comparing with the girls. Now, I wonder if it's Joey or Chandler who don't want to look cheap. I assume Chandler, because yeah. Joey doesn't have money. <laughs> Chandler's paying for this tip, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Joey will pay him back at some point. I imagine there was a yes. conversation in their apartment of what are we tipping? I'll give you my half whenever. Um, but fortunately for Joey and Chandler, they don't really have to worry about looking cheap, as the girls didn't give him any money and just made him some cookies. 
And again, we said the girls, we mean Monica. <laughs> like, so only, only Monica and Chandler really well, should be yeah. having this conversation. Exactly. And you, you put in the notes here that uh, Mr. Trigger mm-hmm. uh, is played by Mike Haggerty. Yep, he is. Uh, and we was actually looking him up just before the show. See, we, we do do some research. and might be not weeks ago. <laughs> it might just be before <laughs> the show. Um, but yeah, you, he's, he's quite a prolific actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's one of those actors that's in so much more... He's familiar, and I'm like, is he just familiar because of Friends? And I'm like, no, I've definitely seen him in other things. And then you look for like his IMDb page, and I'm like, oh, he was in this. And normally it's like one episode of a long-running series that he pops up in, but he's in this show, he's in that show, he's in Scrubs, he's in all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, ah, and I quite like that. Um, because I think sometimes you can get the impression when someone's in a particularly successful show and their other projects, I guess, aren't as well-known, at least you want to go, oh, they're in that one thing and then disappeared forever. But yeah. It's like, no, he's an actor, he's been working his whole career. I quite like that. There's quite a lot of actors out there who, you know, will be the police officer in everything because that's, that's their kind of role they've been pigeonholed into. And, okay, they'll never be, like, the main character in anything, but they will be characters in lots of things doing that similar role yeah i imagine it's, it's particularly more prevalent in stuff like in america when there's so many different networks and people producing content where you could probably do like seven different tv series in a month you'd only be in one episode each and you yeah. just happen to have been like murder victim four in, in every csi slash law and order show that's out but but also you when you see this people you're like oh they must be earning loads of money like when they're doing this and it's like no, actually sometimes they're doing these like one-off episodes because that's a job to them that's how they earn their living like they're not earning hundreds of thousands of pounds per episode no. like that to them is the wage for the month and that's why they are in so much stuff because it's just a normal job to them yeah they've, they've got to keep going to work because they need to keep going to work yeah. Um, although it, it, it's not something that's ever discussed it's mentioned obviously that eventually the cast are on a million dollars an episode uh, thanks to Ross convincing them all to negotiate together well because I saw recently they said they were earning 20 grand an episode at the start I was like, 20 grand an episode? That, that, that's a lot of money. Yeah, like it, it, even after one series, even if it was a flop, they've got half a million. Yeah. That's, you know, that's some money that you can be okay with for a few years, I would think. I mean, clearly this show had some weight behind it, given, I mean, we discussed the amount of guest stars in the first season. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, like, like this show had some financial backing straight off the bat, to be like, fair. Like, if they said to me, they earn, you know, a grand or two per episode, so I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Like, they're, they're doing, you know... Uh, a job that might not succeed probably don't need to pay them a lot yeah but it's enough for them to live on because how long does it take to film a, a season like it's it's probably like six months at the very most yeah and for the actual actors doing the acting part it's probably only a few weeks yeah you on set yeah shoot a couple of takes if yeah. anything it's probably more tiring being an audience member <laughs> well yeah yeah because we, we know they did like a, at least one episode a night mm. so you think oh you know if you weren't two grand for like you know six hours work <laughs> you'd be happy with that right sold so it's, it's it is surprising to me that they earned even 20 grand at the start when who knew how this was going to go and it makes me wonder how much other shows pay whether yeah they they knew this was going to be big so they're like paying them big to start with because none of these uh actors were really a, a big name at that point no like yeah jenna franston was known courtney cox yeah she'd been in films sort of like she'd done Scream, but yep. she, she wasn't a household name. You wouldn't be like, oh, the new Courtney Cox TV show's out. Yeah, you're just, they're just actors. Yeah, they're, they're all kind of, they're all actors that you will have, you'd look back on and go, oh, they were in these things for like a few minutes. Oh, okay, I can see like how they got to this point, And then this is their big break. But you wouldn't be like, oh, they're worth a lot of money. 
Well, it just made me curious as to how much were the kind of this the smaller characters getting paid. Like Mr. Trigger pops up quite a lot. Uh, same as Gunther. And like, I'm like, do they earn twenty grand an episode? Yeah, like where was their pay? Like did their pay increase as the as the show pay increased, or was it a kind of like work for hire type deal where it was nope, you have a walk on part, that's a flat fee that the network pay and this is what you're getting. Yeah, because if I earn twenty grand an episode, I'll do two episodes a year, I'll be done. But no. But uh bit of more bit of trip for you. Uh Mr. Trigger is the last character mentioned by name in the series. Oh really? In the whole show. Which is quite a nice little honour to have. To okay, be yeah, I need to. Yeah, because I guess I guess you know no one they don't go Chandler Joey a lot. No, you so... don't. You don't normally refer to your friends to each other as you know. Isn't that like there's a comic book writer, bit of a segue here called Brian Michael Bendis, who for the most part is a great writer. Um, there's some really good stuff for DC recently, to be fair. Um, but he has this really annoying habit when he writes team books of making the characters refer to each other by their hero name. <laughs> and one of the most the big egregious examples is you've got Captain Marvel chatting to Iron Man as she's like flying around doing whatever she's doing. And she's like, Iron Man. And then having a conversation, she, and then Iron Man's sort of like, yes, Captain Marvel. And it's like, Iron Man this. And I'm like, you've known each other like, in this universe for like 15 years at this point. And you're on a very secure network. I'm pretty sure you could be like, Tony, Carol. <laughs> yeah. And it just annoys me. It just takes me out of the scene. But yeah. No, okay, so yeah, we're going to have to look out for this in a few years' time. Yeah. I, yeah, that's that's quite an interesting fact. Um, but Monica tells the guys that she made him cookies, so they decide that twenty five dollars is clearly a good enough tip because in comparison to the girls, they're going to look amazing. Well, yeah, like I don't know how I feel about this because on one hand, like yeah, Monica's like putting in some nice effort here in making like cookies, and I guess they explore this a little in the episode. But yeah, money money is always king, isn't it? Yeah, especially especially if you're doing a a, a low paid job, and I assume super isn't well paid nope potentially I mean uh, obviously we know very little about supers being British but I assume they get to live yeah I assume they get they get get a flat to themselves which is probably paid for because I've just finished watching Only Murders in the Building um, which is a fantastic series but that's based in a very fancy New York apartment building um, way fancier than the friend's apartment building in the village like super 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 fancy and the super there gets to live in the the building and i was like would i do that job to live rent free in manhattan and i was like yes i'm like sold like i would take that job immediately just because i'd get to live in new york and be like cool exactly right there's another show you should probably watch called the pjs which was out in the 2000s uh it was a a cg show uh so computer generated graphics okay where eddie murphy is the star Ah. and and it ran for a couple of seasons like you i wouldn't say it's like simpsons type but it's that kind of aiming for kind of, you know, younger kids can watch this, but it's it's more adult cartoon, I guess, in a sense. Fair. Uh, and yeah, and he's super in that, and it's it's very funny. I would definitely recommend checking that out if you can find it somewhere. I'll check it out. I'll have a look. Uh, but Monica says that it's okay to give cookies because they show you care. They say you care. And uh, Phoebe says that Brown is once told her limerick. <laughs> It's a very feely yeah. thing to say. Uh, Chandler asked if they were funny brownies, and she replies, not especially, but I think they had pie in them, um, which is my joke of the episode. Okay, let's uh, load that one up. My joke. My joke. I mean, admittedly, it's not side-splittingly hilarious, but this is an episode okay. that's quite light <laughs> yeah. on, on great one-liners. Oh, there is. We've, we've only got about six clips, which is probably our shortest yet for the show, just because it was either just exposition or it wasn't funny, so... There's not really a lot here to talk about. Yes, but I, but I do like when the writers remind us that Phoebe's weird. Yeah, yeah. and 
you know, the the thing is with Monica, she's saying like cookie show you care. It's like, do they know that you made these cookies? Because you could have bought them. Yeah. Which doesn't really show you care that much. Like if you're like, you look, I made these, especially for you. Yeah, it's quite nice. I mean, to me, it would be a, it would be cookies and a small tip. So if if you assume that the the bar is fifty dollars, where Jerry and Chandler started yeah. at, if you assume that that's what everyone's expectation would be, I would maybe go cookies and twenty dollars. Or are the cookies in like a nice box with a nice bow on them and stuff like that? Or are they just, here's a plate of cookies because presentation matters. Yeah, I mean, I agree that cookies are definitely more more personal than just cold hard cash. But Yeah, I, I definitely prefer like gifts off people that are, have like a personal thought to them. Either mm-hmm. be like, it could just be a card with just like a nice message in it. That That is worth more to me than someone spending lots of money on me because they've, you can tell they've taken the time and effort rather than just going, well, money will solve the issue and I will get them a thing they might want. Yes, this is why in our friendship group I always hate wish lists because <laughs> I want you to, to know essentially that I thought about you as a person and found what you liked and bought you something that I thought you would yes. like, which to me is half the, half the gift I'm giving you. Half the gift is the, the time and effort I've put into knowing you to find you this present Definitely. as opposed to just looking at a list of things and going, Mark wants that, I'll get that. I, I think wish lists should be used as like a guide of like, these are the type of things they're into and want. And I know they don't have as well. Like, yeah, you're, you're right. If you're just like, oh, just add to basket, done. I've added four things. Like, yeah, you didn't care at all. You just spent some money. My but, logic is if I know you well enough to want to buy you a gift, I don't need a wish list because I'm going to know nah, you well yeah, enough. I think that's fair. Like, I don't buy random strangers gifts. I'm not just like, hello, person I've met twice in this year. Have a present. Yeah, because, no, like, I, I think that's fair. And, and you're right in this situation. Like, you probably should have been like, you know, Here's some cookies. Here's twenty dollars. Yeah, because they're $10, not like, whatever. They're close to these people because it turns out the girls didn't just tip the super with cookies. They tipped a few more people, including the newspaper delivery guy. Yeah. Why are you tipping him? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I used to do newspaper round, and yeah, you would you'd expect to tip the the newspaper delivery guy and the the post guy and the milkman potentially. Basically, anyone you saw on a daily basis that delivered a thing to you. Weirdly, I'm like, okay, tip the milkman, fine. But they don't really exist anymore, so I guess you wouldn't. No. Um, Tipping the paperboy, though, I'm like, no. But I guess paperboys in England tend to be like 14-year-old spotty dweebs <laughs> yeah. who do it after work for like yes. ridiculously low wage. So you probably should tip them. Well, well it's just, it's just a nice thing to do. But as, as a British society, like we don't tip anyone, no. even when they do a good job. So let alone that just we'd pick up the newspaper they used to be back when print actually mattered yeah. i guess and have a, i guess a little momentary nostalgia flashback for me whereas i remember when print was still a thing and we'd pick up our paper you'd be walking through the city or the city center and there would be men in mostly elderly men in wooden shacks essentially that were probably the size of a telephone box um, and they'd be like get your mail oh, yeah, they yeah, always yeah. used to and say they, it they still kind of have that in london in a few places i, I might just go have to look now because it's so nostalgic I, to I, me yeah i mean i mean most of that has kind of been replaced with here's a trough filled with newspapers on a spring pick one up as you go into the station but yeah yeah but i don't know it makes me feel like you know fun memories of like winter and stuff and seeing these guys and they're like all wrapped up in the snow and like, Get your they'd, always, they'd always say it really weirdly and i'm like is that part of the job are they trained yeah i, I can picture in my head like an 80s scene from from like a film or whatever with you can see it's dark about 6 p.m snow coming down lots of people huddled but it's not cold it's it's just nice right yeah 
<laughs> anyway, uh, but turns out the newspaper delivery guy also wasn't impressed with the cookies as the newspaper arrives with all of the cookies smashed inside. Now, every time I think about this, I imagine that he spat them out, but they don't say that. No. Well, they just, I can imagine him doing that. But it's like, why do they? If they're cookies, I would eat them. Oh, right, he'd be getting fired. I'd be on the phone. Yeah. I'd be like, why has my paper got mashed up cookies inside it? Yeah. I'd be like, I gave them as a gift. That's just ungrateful. Well, yeah, like, yeah, you, you can't expect, especially at Christmas, you can't expect a, a tip at all from anyone. No. You just go, and if you get it, great, perfect. But to be expecting of it is probably bad on you. I've worked at jobs where I'm not allowed to be tipped. Yes. Like, no matter what, like, it's, it seems like a conflict of interest. Or I remember once uh, when I worked for, for Disney, a woman tried to tip me. She wanted me to buy me a cup of tea because I'd helped her sort stuff out. And I couldn't, I couldn't accept the tip. So she just put the money on the counter. And I was like, I can't take oh, that's it. even worse than it. It makes it look like you're stealing it. I was like, I can't take that. And I'm not allowed. It's against company policy. And she's like, I don't care. I'm leaving it there. So either you take it or it just leaves there. It's just it's left there. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do now. Because if, if I leave it there, the next customer's just going to pick it up. Yeah. Um, and in the end, uh, I think my manager made the decision that we would take it and buy biscuits. Okay, for, for the that, team. That, that's fine then. And I was kind of like, you mean biscuits for me? It's but, my tip. But how awkward could that have been? And be like, Ryan, did you just put some money in your pocket? Uh, yeah, but the customer gave it to me. It's not it's from like, the till, you <laughs> no. can check. But still, what are you going to do? Uh, and then we get the credits. We're actually uh, into the episode proper. It's quite an eventful opening tease. It is, yeah. Say. Yeah, we had ugly naked guys, some cookies. Uh, yeah, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> My head put those two things together. <laughs> Even though we don't know what ugly naked guy looks like, that could be a fun thing. Well, well, not yet. We do eventually. Do we ever actually see? Yes, him? yes, we do. Oh, right. right. Have I blocked this no, out? Yeah, no wonder. Is yeah. he that bad? You you see him from the back when Ross gets naked, when he wants to move into the I apartment. From the back doesn't count. Oh, like, oh, they're not doing full frontal of him. No. <laughs> do we see his face? I don't remember seeing his face. Um. Oh. This is where we're going to get loads of bad reviews again. <laughs> I, I can no. I because who I, would you I, 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 I feel like we see like from like the, the like chin down because I'm sure there's a bit where he opens the door and he's drinking. But yeah, I don't think we see him his face because I know for years people were trying to figure out who he was and they eventually found out who he was. No one wants to be known as the ugly naked guy. Well, yeah, who they? turns up for that casting call? Yeah, it's like no. So uh, no, but we we do we do eventually see. A person. It's not just any. It's, it's not like um, what's her face from Frasier, uh, Niles's wife, who you never ever see, and that was a point they made to the show. Maris. Maris. Yes, that's it. But no, we do, we do eventually see him. Okay. Wow. I, you need to do do more watching of Friends. I oh think. yeah, cause I'm really sad to have forgotten an ugly naked man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see one of those in the mirror. Far, far yeah, enough. yeah. You remember all the nipples in the show, but you don't remember the ugly naked man. <laughs> I bet. No, I don't want it. Bless him. <laughs> That's not some I'm glad I've forgotten, that's for sure. Uh, but we're now at Central Park, and Rachel is working if what she actually does there could be considered such, I suppose. Uh, and Joe's expression is disbelief that it's Christmas to Monica and Chandler as Ross enters with some giant Macy's bag, which just screams New York, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we discussed that before, like Macy's and the big brown bag and stuff. Yeah. And he's brought a gift for Rachel, who's clearly still mad about the list from the previous episode. So, should we listen to that? Have a listen. Hey, Rich. I uh, got you a little present. I'll open it. <laughs> it's a slinky. <laughs> Remember? Huh? For walks downstairs, alone or in pairs, everyone knows it's just a big spring. 
It's all right. You're still mad at me because of the whole... The horrible and degrading list of reasons not to be with me? How about from now on we just call it the unfortunate incident? <laughs> hey, Gunther. You got stairs in your place? Yeah. Yeah. Go nuts. There we go. <laughs> That's our first line from Gumpfer. It is. He goes, yeah. He got a slinky, but he got a line. <laughs> yeah, that's got... far more important. So this is where like the, the fan theories start coming out, and they're like piecing everything together. They're like, well, we definitely know he doesn't live in an apartment because he has stairs. He has a house. I mean, he could just use his apartment stairs for the slinky. Or he has stairs down into the basement at Central Perk where he actually lives. Yes. Or he lives in a fancy duplex and he has two floors in his apartment. That's a thing. Potentially, yes. Uh I like slinkies. Like, you have to get a good quality one and the right type of stairs for them to work on. You do. But, Mark, more importantly, do you think Rachel Green likes slinkies? No. Like, if I'd upset Rachel, I wouldn't buy a slinky. I would not be going to Spencer's Gifts or the, the gadget shop to buy someone a slinky that, especially an attractive girl I have just upset who I wanted to date. Yeah, what? Plus, Russ has owned Rachel for years and years and years. Why does he think this is a good gift? Yeah. It's not like they were new. Phoebe would probably absolutely love it. Yeah, if I'd upset... Well, you could buy Phoebe anything when you upset yes. her, to be fair. As long as it's from Pottery Barn, yeah. <laughs> it could be okay. But no, like, we, we already know how Rachel is with gifts and stuff. No way she into a slinky. No, what was Ross thinking? Yeah. This seems like he walked past it and thought, oh, I need to buy a present. Oh, that'll do. Yes. There was no thought in this. Uh, but Ross sits down his bag, and at first he seems a little bit sad. But Joey soon lifts his spirits by getting to show off the presents that are in the bags. What's in the bag, Mark? I don't know. What is in the bag, Ryan? Is uh, it good? One is a photo frame. Yes, it's from Ben to the parents. Uh, there's a set of hers and hers towels for Carol and Susan. Of course. Um, which, it's a very nice thing. It's nice that he's buying Carol and Susan a gift. I don't know if I'd buy the lesbian lover day person a present. <laughs> no. Well, the person who stole your, your girlfriend from you. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty chill, but I don't know if I'm that chill. No. I, I, I then wonder what their bathroom is like, because I do kind of like those bathrooms where you have, like, the, the separate uh, sinks, stuff like that. Like, just, just from a visual perspective, it looks quite nice. Until you think about it, but, like, that's kind of weird. Why don't you just share a sink? I suppose it depends who you live with. Like, I imagine if you live with me and you've got, like, beard hair in the sink, can't yeah. you? You'd be like, damn it, Ryan, I'm, I want my own sink. And then I could just imagine just, like, this dirty sink on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side, this perfectly clean one, and just a dividing line down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it would be clean. I will just clean it when I go home. I'm busy getting ready. I need to go out there. But, but yeah, you're, you're right. Why is Ross buying gifts for Carol? Like, he doesn't like her. Like, it's, maybe you could go, oh, it's awkward buying one for Susan, but... Do you buy all your friends' partners' gifts? No, no, probably not. I mean, I still buy my ex a present, to be fair. We still buy each other gifts. Yeah, but that, that's because you're, you're friends, right? So yeah. but I, don't buy, I don't buy her partner any present, and I doubt she'd buy any partners of mine a gift. No, no, exactly. No, so like, Merry Christmas, and I'd be as far as festive as you're going to get. Yeah, like there's no expectation there. So unless maybe it was like, well, I can get Susan a her towel but then her only could we mean to both of them i need to get a her and hers towel. see i would have if i was russ and i was going to buy a gift i deliberately would have bought a her a him and hers well <laughs> just been like one for you and then wrapped up the other one for, for, for the other one well this this is the the question isn't it like these towels i assume probably come in packs right yep so this being the 90s did he buy two packs definitely i know no. he's got two his and his towels macy's are not selling hers and hers towels in the 90s no it's not happening no um, he also buys a hideous, hideous blouse for his mum. Yeah. Which, yeah. I'm like, where's Jack's present? So, 
there's a photo frame from Ben to the parents, to them both, and then his mum gets this hideous, hideous blouse. What's his dad getting? Well, I've had this with a lot of female friends of mine where they're like, oh, you should buy, like, clothes for, like, women. And I'm like, no, why would I ever do that? Like, that seems like a bad idea. Like, oh, because it's nice and they want that. It's like, yes, but I have no idea what a woman wants to wear, let alone going into details of size and stuff. Like, I mean... Given that I basically wear nerd shirts, hockey shirts, and jeans, I don't feel like I'd be qualified to buy clothing for anyone. No, exactly. And, and would you buy clothing for your mum? Mm, only if she told me she already wanted it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to be like, this is the specific jacket I want in this specific size from here. That's fine, because you know what they want then. But if you wouldn't go out and just be like, I'm going to buy, buy my mum some clothing for Christmas. No. Because you would have... No idea. Even if you see her every day, you have no idea what she kind of is into and wants. I think it enters like the kind of male panic of like feminine shopping stuff where you're like, what if I buy it and it's the wrong size? What if it's too big? She'll think I think she's fat. If it's too small, she'll feel fat. And you just, you just well, panic. I, th- I think for buying guys, it's easy because you, you can't really go wrong. You can buy jeans, t-shirt, a jumper in a plain colour. Job done, right? Well, when the lesson, if you bought me a t-shirt that didn't fit, I'm not going to be upset that it didn't fit. No. It'd just be... Don't fit Mark on it. Is this the size you think I should be? <laughs> yeah, whereas I could imagine buying a shirt for an outfit for a woman. If it was too small, she'd feel like, oh my God, look, I feel terrible because I don't fit in the outfit that, you know, Ryan thinks I should fit in. If I bought a bigger one, like you said, it would be the, wait, do you think I'm this size? Yes. And I'd be like, I don't know, there's just numbers. <laughs> yeah. I just pick numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, even, even women don't know what size they should be because every shop is different and has not learned that centimeters and inches are a unit of measurement. No. Dress sizes are not. No. Well, we, we experienced this one time in London, didn't we? Where we got soaked in the rain, stolen around the capital. I didn't because I bought an umbrella. You did. I didn't have an umbrella. But I got very wet and my jeans got soaked all the way through, like socks, underwear. I was drenched. Um, and we popped into a, a apartment store to, to buy some new trousers. And I needed to know what size I had on because I don't know what size I wear. I just put on what I put on. So there's a nice conversation of check my butt. Check my butt for what size. It's like, nope. <laughs> Mark would not check my butt. Um, if I get stung by a jellyfish, I'm not the person I want I, I am definitely a child in a situation. Yeah. But we, we discovered that I was wearing the size I was wearing. And I went and bought a pair of jeans that said the exact same measurements as the ones I heard on. So I run to the bathroom and I rip all the tags off and I pull them up and they get to basically my car thing. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> were, they, were these a pair of leather trousers? <laughs> it's a paste. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they wouldn't come up. And I was like, well, I've pulled the tags off now so the shop aren't going to take them back. So I was, you know, I just go in and try and charm someone into letting you have an exchange. <laughs> You're taking them off at this point though. Yeah, right? I put, I put my, my soaking wet jeans back on, going into the shop and I was like, I need to exchange these because despite having the same numbers as the ones I'm wearing, they don't actually fit. Because you probably bought the super skinny ones, didn't you? Not Because, no yeah, if you go into a lot of these stores, it's normal fit, and then they'll have skinny, super skinny, and, you know, a loose fit skinny, and all sorts of weird names. You're like, just I, just make it simple. I think they would have standard jeans. I just think it's different companies measure things differently, even though that's not how measuring works. Um, and the, the shop attendant looked quite like, uh, and I went, is this how women feel when you go dress shopping? And that made her laugh so much <laughs> that she just exchanged it. And I was like, yes. And then I got some nice dry clothes and then we went home. But, <laughs> but I've been there and yeah, it just, it's not, I can't imagine it being a fun thing. No. But as Ross is packing away his gifts, Phoebe enters, wishes the gang a happy Xmas Eve Eve, yep. which apparently I've already relented. I've already said can be a thing, so I won't shout at Phoebe for it. Because I've already <laughs> shouted um, But Phoebe wants the photo, photo frame, but more importantly, the photo of the man in it. Hey. Hey. Happy Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, oh, my God. Where did you get this? Uh, Macy's third floor home furnishings. 
this is my father. This is a picture of my dad. Now, Thieves, that's the guy that comes in the frame. No, it isn't. This is my dad. All right, I'll show you. Baby, I thought your dad was in prison. No, no, that's my stepdad. My real dad's the one that ran out on us before I was born. How have you never been on Oprah? <laughs> okay, look, see? This is him. My mother gave me this picture before she died. Same guy. <laughs> Honey, uh, this is a picture of the frame guy posing in front of a bright blue screen with a collie. It's not a blue screen. It's just... I, maybe it was just really clear that day. Now, look, I understand the, the idea of a, a frame guy. Like, you know, you have the, the stock photography people in the frames, yeah? Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's only one guy that exists in all the frames in New York, and it's always this guy. Yeah, Macy's need to update their frame guy, because yeah. if this is a photo that was around when Phoebe was young enough to be hoodwinked by this, and that frame guy's still being used. Okay. Like, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. It's got to be, what, like a 15-year gap at least. Yeah. Like, that makes it weirder, right? Yeah, just like, get some new photos. Yeah. Uh, I, it's kind of funny in some ways. Be, being told this is your dad like here's here's the different picture here's him in a cardigan here's him with his other family here's it, him on a yacht it's one of those things that it's funny and then you think about the actual kind of personal implications for phoebe and then you go oh wait this is terrible it is um, so phoebe runs off to talk to her grandma the gang take a moment to reflect all apart from joey who brings up that he's trying to sleep with his boss's ex-wife the rest of the gang shout at him and he responds oh, okay but when phoebe's got a problem everyone's all ears <laughs> yeah and seeing as I've already decided there's things I don't like about this episode, the the ball stroke from the start, this is not this is so not Joey. Like the problem's a Joey problem, but carelessly talking about this and thinking it's on an equivalent with Phoebe's issue isn't Joey at all. Mm, in some ways, yes, some ways no. Like it, it didn't stand out to me as not in character for him. Like like he he's is it a joke from him that he's coming out of this? Or is he actually going, I have a problem too, guys. Can we talk about it? Yeah, because the way he reacts to being told off, he's like, ugh, look, why aren't you taking my problem seriously? Yes. I mean, again, I, I'm not a writer, I guess, but if I was doing this, it would have been, this would have been the conversation the guys were having as Phoebe enters, that he's trying to sleep with his ex's boss. Yep. Then Phoebe could have had a problem. Then Joey could have gone back to this and been shouted at and been like, what? Like, it's, we're, yeah, we're it's, it's always weird when someone does that, isn't it? When they have a problem, they leave, and then you go, oh, I've got a problem too, guys. Like, you can't have a conveyor belt of conversation that way. Yeah, and at least if that had been brought up previously in the episode, you would at least understand that it's a conversation they'd had. It just felt really, just to me, it felt really callous that Joey had basically heard this, you know, Phoebe's been lied to her entire life, but her daddy's, and then he's going, I want to sleep with a lady. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's on brand for Joey, but the timing and the way it's delivered, I don't think is, is doing Joey an accurate service. Yeah, I think that's fair then. Um, we then see Phoebe's down reading the obituaries, which is a weird thing to do, but maybe we'll do that one day too, Mark. <laughs> well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be text to us. We get like like notifications, like find my friend is off because yeah. Marcus died. <laughs> like, yeah, ah. I, I've never looked at the obituaries. Like I, I don't even know. Do they even do that in newspapers anymore? Like I assume it's just if your friends are on Facebook, that's how you might find out. I don't know. I wonder. What, I wonder what ours would be. I know what mine would be. <laughs> Ryan was wrong on a podcast. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we could go. That they could be on your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a, put a mistake. How many years I've taught? Brian had this many seasons in his life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's it's like when you see the celebrities and they've accidentally like released obituaries for like the Queen or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's quite interesting. Uh, there was an episode of Frasier where where that happened, and he's like, 
this isn't me at all. And it actually is. And it, it was quite boring. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to do things to change my life so I can have like something more interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder what else would say. But Phoebe's nan is crossing people out of the phone book. Who, you know, obviously there's no point in trying to call because they're dead. And the name she says is Mr. Livingston, but that's not printed on the paper in front of her. Is it not? How does she know Mr. Livingston's dead? Has she got gifts like Phoebe as a pencil told her? Like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a weird scene, right? It's a very weird scene, yeah. But luckily, Phoebe arrives in distraction from such lovely work by asking to see photos of her dad. Well, yeah, she's not, she's not just casually coming and going, can I see dad now? Like, she, she's very aware of... Yeah, she's setting, her, she's setting her nan up here. Yes, yeah, which is always the best way to do it. It's not just come and go like, you know, you, you want to crush someone when you know you're, you're right. You know, you, you, you fake the left to swing yeah, the, yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then puts up the photos. And it's odd how many of these photos, like you mentioned earlier, Marcus, scenic and staged. <laughs> yes. so. They're just perfectly lit, beautiful photos. Like, who took that? Was you? You never told me you was a great photographer. These were amazing. Yeah, there's not like one photo of him like spilling a cup of tea down his chest while trying to make a fudge bar. Like. Uh, yeah, and a, a finger in the corner of the frame. Or, you know, especially when you look at like 80s photos, they have a particular look to them. Mm-hmm. due to like the way the, the film and, and stuff was made that has a now you look at it, you go oh that's a nostalgic look with the colors a bit gaudy and the colors are just like kind of blurred and slightly weird yeah and does it yeah it just they don't look like real colors do they no <laughs> and and you know I, I guess the joke is now of people going around going oh this is your granddad this is what he looked like when he was 20 doing all his selfies <laughs> like Photos now are going to be very weird to show like younger kids in the future. It will like, occasionally on social media, like a 10 year challenge pop up, and it's like, post a photo of you now and then one from 10 years ago. Yeah. And well, I mean, at this point, I looked pretty similar 10 years ago to how I do now, I suppose. <laughs> um, but when you go further back, like me and my like teen years, I looked ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it's, just, it's, not, it's not fun to look back on. <laughs> but I can't imagine growing up now and there being like a play, like four hours of TikToks of me as a teenager that like, <laughs> yeah. my grandkids could sit and watch. I was like, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I kind of like that though. Like, you know, when you are, when you, when you do pass away, which hopefully is uh, many seasons from now. <laughs> I, I thought you meant like you in the general sense then, not me No, no. And when you do pass away though, like at least like your, your kids and grandkids can go, oh, actually there's lots of Ryan I can learn and know about him. Because one, you can listen to this podcast. And two, like there, there'll just be lots of content about you. Whereas you think about like your grandparents, you'd be like, well, I've got a handful of photos. I don't know what their voices sound like anymore. Like I don't have anything about them that, that's left. Whereas our generation is going to have all this content, we like I can actually know who that person is. I guess that's true. And I, I, I quite like that. Like you know, your your kids and grandkids will be able to listen to you for years to come. I think, Mark, that might be the most emotionally touching, sweetest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> it's definitely the sweetest thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like this moment, I'm just going to take out now and have like a ringtone every time you call me. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebes asks if Super Stage Photo Man Guy is actually her dad and her nan nervously giggles and says of course it is uh, and Phoebe says that she can smell smoke perhaps it's because someone's pants are on fire and then chat continues and her nan kind of confesses all and explains that it was her mother's idea and all the truth comes out as well as an actual photo of her dad well this is, this is where the British take comes in because when your pants are on fire you're like oh your underwear is on fire mm-hmm. which sounds much worse than when your trousers are on fire because well, so much of our media, especially now, and even so back then, I guess, it comes from the States. Um, it's it's weird how we're almost, not that it's a different language, but, you know, we you say trousers or pants and 
we know the difference. We can, yeah. you know, we can speak American, I guess, which isn't the other around. Like Americans don't speak British. <laughs> yeah, learn to speak American. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. Um, yeah, it's odd. It is weird how much TV nowadays people are growing up watching, and it's all American. Like I always get mad when we're out and about, and someone asks if they can get something when they actually should be asking if they can have something. Like there's an obscure video game out there called It's Mr. Pants, and it is very British, and I, and I think that's part of the humour. Like, when you talk about British humour, you would use the word pants in yeah. multiple ways. Like, pants can... You know, if I go, Ryan, it's pants, you know that means it's, it's rubbish. rubbish. Yeah. That, that's me saying it's a polite, polite version. I'm not saying it's knickers or underwear. Or, you know, just the word pants is a funny word, like bum. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, like, like whenever Americans use the word arse or bottom... Bottom's another funny bottom, word. Yeah, yeah like, like there's definitely British humour there that plays differently. Just, just for that one word, even though you can speak American, you know what I mean? You go, pants. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can see your pants. <laughs> like, it's a different connotation. Yeah, I mean, I guess we, we, I guess we just don't produce comedy at the minute. Or we do, but not in, not in the same way. Like, I can't think of, what was the last great British export? Well, no, there's a, there's a lot of great British stuff, isn't there? But that always gets cannibalised into American stuff. So take The Office... Yeah. Uh, the the office American office is pretty much a different show to the British one. Yeah, it did. It's almost like the entire concept of why the show is funny changed. Yes. Yeah, and and certainly people can go. I love both versions of the office. They're totally different things, even though they're the same thing technically. Yeah, like they're based on the same idea, but they're not executed even really but, similar. But this is why we need to get round to watching episodes that has Matt LeBlanc in it, because because that is this whole subject of where you take a British show. Export to America, and it's not the same show anymore. No, but but this this is a tangent. <laughs> We're talking about pants. I mean, to be fair, as this my game was made in the comments. It's kind of a dull episode, so <laughs> I kind of figured this would be full of tangents. <laughs> we've, we've been talking for a lot longer than I thought we would, considering where we we're at. So, all right, we'll, we'll speed it up. Mm. Um, back at the girls' apartments, the decorating for Christmas continues, which to me feels a bit late. Who puts the decorations up on the twenty third? Is that an American thing? Like, yeah, I don't think people know when to put decorations up now. Like, it used to be that you'd put them up. I can't remember now. Like, it, there's lots of different things to depend on, like, the, the religious tones you follow. Like, is it you put your tree up? It used to be on Christmas Eve, but you'd have it up for 12 days afterwards. Hence the 12 days of Christmas. Yes. Fair. And then it became, like, December 1st, and now it's, like, after ha- once Halloween's out of the way, yeah, straight onto it right oh from a retail sense definitely yeah yeah i mean i'm with the i'm the first of december crowd with me like put them up then enjoy them for the 20 odd days and then take them down yeah exactly so i don't know i think it's fine but i feel like monica would have had her decoration up first december just done yeah this is monica she's got a plan she yeah. executes the plan but uh she doesn't, didn't let anyone else touch it right no i wouldn't <laughs> definitely phoebe and chandler and joey they can't decorate they have <laughs> no. weird ideas and just, just no i mean i'm not allowed to decorate our home um, apparently I have weird tacky taste in Christmas I'm sure you do I want as many colours on that tree as, as possible as many Iron Men's on that, that tree as possible just, just stick caught I mean, there's a lot of Disney based decorations that I own um, that go on there but they're really heavy they're more like ornaments yep, than decorations yep, they and they weigh half the tree down um, my nan's upset we bought a Princess Jasmine one once and my nan's like I think it's the favourite thing on the tree apart from the, the antique angel she's had 
since she was oh, a good, kid. Yeah, you got to have that. So this thing's got to be at least 70-something years old, like 76 years old. Well, we do see in a future Christmas episode, you know, they, they let everyone decorate half the tree and then Monica spins it round to her nice side. So, so yeah, so this, you're right. This Christmas, we're tangent a bit, my nan decided that this antique angel that she's had for 70-odd years uh, needed new wings, so she just sellotapes some plastic crap to the back of it. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, man, this thing's basically an antique. Like, it's this, like a porcelain fairy that's so delicate, and you've just got... <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. <laughs> but Ross and Monica arrive home to get us back on track and ask if anyone's heard from Phoebe's. Uh, they all say no, and then Joey says, you know, it's exactly what Phoebe's going through. Well, before we carry on, you did skip over saying that I, I think is important. Okay. Uh, Chandler telling the story about how his dad dressed up uh, in what sounds like a Santa outfit. It does. Uh, and then being drunk and falling over. And then, you know, Rachel like remarks, like, it doesn't sound a very Merry Xmas. Chandler replies, who said anything about Xmas? And yeah, this is, this is the start of slowly introducing, I guess, like his dad being a, a cross dresser. Yes. I mean, it, it's weird having... I mean, we've all watched Friends multiple times at this point, so we're all fully versed in Chandler's dad and who Chandler's dad is. So it's weird hearing these jokes back because that made me laugh. I'm like, ah, but I guess you're right. It, to me, it didn't seem like a, a standout moment, I guess, because, well, yeah, of course it's Chandler's dad, but we don't know, it's, we don't know that at this no, point. No, do we, we? we don't know anything about him, do we? Yeah, but Ross and Monica arrive, asking if Ron's open Phoebe. Uh, Joey says no, but he knows exactly how she feels and Monica's like how how could you know it's like because she told us uh, <laughs> and earlier I said we had these un like moments and now we get some classic stupid Joey and he's completely redeemed for the episode for me I'm like yep. right Joey's back to being Joey yep this is, this is the Joey we need normal service has resumed uh, but then the chat moves to the fact that Joey and Chandler haven't done the Rexmas shopping yet um, are, you, are you an early person with Rexmas shopping or are you last minute I mean, it's, it's so much easier to, to do it last now because you just go on Amazon and it's next day delivery. My stuff generally arrives. Yeah, true. I, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes buy it. It depends because with Black Friday and stuff now, you might as well buy it in the Black Friday sales because that's when it's going to be cheap. True. Uh, and save lots of money. So, so it depends. Like if it's, if it's cheap, yeah. Otherwise, just kind of buy stuff as I see it, really. Yeah. I mean, it's a very kind of classic trope that men leave Christmas shopping until the last minute. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm pretty good. I mean, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe you get to like your th- like late thirties, forties, and you're like, oh, I've got to buy the wife something, and then you know. Well, I guess it depends who you're buying for, isn't it? I just. I hate it. I just get it all out of the way. It's stressful. It depends who it's for, I suppose. You guys are easy to buy for. Yeah. Like, Nerdy thing. Yes, go. Um. But Rachel then informs Monica that she just. I think the mailman, someone else, they tipped. Why would you tip the mailman? No idea. Well, yeah, I've said this before. Like, is, is the person you see every day? You're much more generous than I. Um, but apparently he didn't like the cookers either as the ornaments that her mum sent arrived and they're smashed to bits in a beaten up package. Well, you don't know that's the mailman. That could have happened. Well, no, no, in the UK, if you give that to Hermes, that, that could be any part of the, uh, the transit period that your you're stuff gets smashed up. I mean, if it was Hermes, it probably wouldn't get there. <laughs> like, yeah. Mr. Trigger would probably get it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Monica, Chanlu and Joey leave Ross and Rachel alone in the kitchen and Ross has a great idea. Hey, Rach, <clears throat> you know what? I think, I think I know what'll make you feel better. How about you make a list about me? What? Forget it, Ross. No, I'm not going to stand on, here Rach, and make I a list it'll... of... Okay, you're it... whiny, you are, you are obsessive, 
you are insecure, you're you're gutless, you know, you don't ever, you don't just sort of seize the day, you know, you liked me for, what, a year and you didn't do anything about it, and, uh, oh, you wear too much of that gel in your hair. See, there you, you uh, all right, you, you did what I said. Yeah, and you know what? Hmm. You're right. I do feel better. Thank you, Ross. So I've got a bit to say about this. So I'm going to need a moment to, to collect my thoughts and we're going to have a little advert break. Coming soon from HyperX. The Cloud Alpha Wireless gets up to 300 hours of battery life, so you'll spend less time charging your headset and more time charging into the action. Hear audio cues with pinpoint precision thanks to the dual chamber drivers enhanced by premium DTS Headphone X Spatial Audio. Up to 300 hours of battery, two chambers, zero wires. The Cloud Alpha Wireless. Available soon at HyperX.com, HP.com, Amazon, Best Buy, Micro Center, and more fine retailers. SequelCast 2 and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley Shurgi, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. Coming soon to HyperX.com, HP.com, and more fine retailers, the HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. The Cloud Alpha Wireless gets up to 300 hours of battery life, so you'll spend less time charging your headset and more time charging into the action. The dual chamber drivers, enhanced by premium DTS Headphone X Spatial Audio, provide reduced distortion, allowing you to hear audio cues with pinpoint precision. Up to 300 hours of battery, two chambers, zero wires, the new HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. Tired of recharging your headset mid-raid on Final Fantasy XIV? I know I am. No more with the HyperX Cloud Alpha Wireless. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. So we had in the previous episode or one of the previous ones, Rachel going, I would never write a list about you. Yeah, she did say that. So, okay, just forgot about that. I mean, he did ask for it, and she has had time to stew on it, and there are no doubt things she does think about Ross that she doesn't like. So I feel like she was more goaded into this than anything. Maybe, but I, I feel like she thought she was above this and would never do that, right? And But at the same time, you know, she, she does come out with some funny things. I do like the, the whole hair gel thing, because they do plan that a lot. He wears a lot of hair gel. He does. 
He, he doesn't think he does, and especially later on in the episode, he's like, I'll just use a P. You don't use a P there, Ross. How, no, no. how big is this P you're using? Yeah. I mean, she was spot on, though. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. anyone could argue. Like, if you were going to write a description of Ross, you'd just use that list. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> yes, that's what we should have done for our Patreon episode. <laughs> we just stole that from Rachel. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, like, why is Ross still going on this? Like, I don't know how many days has passed since, since then, but I feel like things should have calmed down a little bit by now. And like their heated argument should have still not been this. I kind of agree. I feel like Rachel could still be upset, but why there'd be this much animosity? Like it could still hurt inside. Yes. You know, maybe when she goes to bed, she cries in a pillow about it. But in terms of like open animosity, it feels like, well, no, you should have got over that by now. So it's, it's just another Ross moment that makes me hate him. Just a little bit more. <laughs> Rachel says horrible things to Russ, and you still come out against Russ. Yeah, because it's it's his fault. Like Rachel is actually quite funny and interesting, and Ross is just so whiny and needy. And it's like, I need you to write a list about me. Tell me what I did wrong. Like, all right, Ross, go and fix all that. Like, um, it would be funny if he did actually fix it. And was like, hi there, I haven't put any gel in my hair today. Aren't I better? And you know. Yeah, I mean, he could just ask her what he needs to do. I mean, if I... If... Uh, no, that never works with, with women. Don't, like, any, no woman wants to tell you how to be who they want you to be, I guess. But if I've tried 15 ways of apologising and none of, none of them are having an impact, I'm like, well, okay, what is it that you need from me to, to get past this? Because it could be that they can't get past it. Yeah. And if I know that, I'll stop annoying you by trying to apologise. I kind of feel like she has said that in a read-between-the-lines sort of way, though. Like, oh, when Ross is Ross, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we leave a wounded Ross to find a Gladys on Phoebe's wall. At least I think it's Gladys. She looks different. Um, there's like more hair and a different coloured dress. Um, but I'm going to hope it's Gladys because I don't want more of those things <laughs> no, in the world. <laughs> they are creepy. In my mind, Phoebe would have several outfits for Gladys and she would change them based on, you know, her mood. I like the idea of that. At the, at the same time, I could imagine she's done more of these. Let's not. So... Let's say I bought you one for one Christmas. Mm-hmm. What, what would happen to this? Okay, so I've, I've, I was once made some artwork by an ex-girlfriend that was not of a standard that I would have... <laughs> I thought you were going to say erotic in nature. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was nerdy. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't particularly impressive. And that was on my wall for nearly two years. So if you bought me a Gladys, it would be on the wall. Okay, cool. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the heart to be like, this, this is gross. Sounds good. I, I'm looking forward to next Christmas even more now. <laughs> it's like running around Friends <laughs> Fest. Like, there must be one here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I could get someone on Etsy to make me one. Well, I suppose if for some reason you have no idea what we're talking about, Gladys is a 3D painting that Phoebe makes and later presents to the girls. Is it a painting? Because it's like papier-mâché, I assume. It's like, a, it's like a portrait sculpture. I don't know. It's a piece of art, if, yeah. if, you, if you can uh, call it's, it such. Yeah, imagine someone crawling out of the artwork. <laughs> Like stapling, stapling a doll into a frame, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how you describe it. Um, but it's horrible. Um, but Gladys is looking down on Phoebe as she's on the phone to the operator, trying to find her dad as she looks for Frank Buffet's in every single area of New York. Well, yeah, because we, we skipped over here that the basically grandma uh, eventually relents and goes, you know, this isn't your dad. Oh, yeah, she does complain. Uh, and then go like, you know, here's, here's, here's a name. No, we've got a name for him. We've got a name, Frank. Um, 
But she says, no, look, and puts the phone down saying that, you know, they shouldn't call yourself information, which is the operator. Yeah. Which is funny. It's, um, it's a very Simpsons joke. How? Well, it's, it's, you know, you're just taking the, the thing that they do and you're like, you shouldn't call yourself that because you're not providing that service. I guess. I mean, it's, it's not something you, you need now. Does it even still exist? Can you still call the operator? <laughs> Obviously, in the UK, that's what. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, they're, they're still numbers. They're very expensive numbers that you can call, and you can ask them anything. Uh, they they normally have one of those catchy phone numbers. Oh, and, is, wait, one one eight one one eight still a thing? Yeah, I think I think that's still a thing. They're they're very expensive to call, and people do use them all the time, generally to ask for the time. But surely they're just Google at this point. Yeah, like how? Why would you use them? I mean, because I know their their big thing was like we will answer anything. It's like yeah, you're. We're just using the internet. <laughs> yeah, just like, let me have a look. Yeah. Like, hold music and hear some keys clapping. Yeah. And then, I mean, the only thing I could think you'd have a use for is when you're trying to get, in, you want to talk to someone who works at a particular company and you can't find the number. The one thing that Bugbear, old man Bugbear that annoys me is that, right, I need to call DHL and I want to mm. talk to a person at DHL so that I can get my issue resolved. And I'll Google DHL and it will just be email, web chat, text message, WhatsApp, whatever. And I can't find an actual number to call. And when you do, you get stuck in 57 menus that aren't anything related to the reason you're trying to call in the first place. And when you do find the thing you want to talk about, you press the number and it redirects you to the website and hangs up on you. Yes. And I pull my hair out. <laughs> so I would imagine you might just be like, what's the direct number for this? And that I would pay four quid for. Yes. If I could just cut all that faff out. I would give 1184 quid to, tell me, to get me straight through to some company. Yep. But still. Um, but Gran's, Gran, Grandma gets home and... Uh, her and people have a heart to heart, and again, Granny confesses to more lies and says she does know exactly where Frank is, and tells Phoebe where he is and lets her take her cab to get there. Yeah, which is another first for the episode. Mark. I mean, it's the first time we get the famous cab. I mean, Phoebe's Granny's is kind of weird in the whole story of Friends, like because because of her mum and then her stepmum. Like, I want to know the relationship of Gran because it it, it never kind of gels for me. This whole thing. Because, like, you know, her, her mum killed herself. Yep. Then she has a stepmum. But I don't know. But, like, it doesn't seem like a, like a, a family link. They, they just seem to be random people she gives names to. The same way, like, I'm sure when you were younger, you had uncles and aunties who weren't actually related to you. Yeah, those would be like my mum's friends that I yes. had to call auntie or whatever. Yeah, so, so her grand, like, I don't know why her grand's doing this. And is it her actual grand? Is it her stepmum's mum? Like, I, I, I can't see the what the relationship is here and the way she's like brought in and then just pretty much disposed of in the episodes is also odd to me later on my assumption is it's actually her proper grandma um i just got the sense that her grandma's a bit like phoebe in the sense of she's a bit out there and quirky and has never really kind of gelled with the idea of family yeah um because it's very dysfunctional um as phoebe leaves uh, she asks if I have a grandpa for good luck and turns out it's a picture of Einstein. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the deception in this family is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, there's at no point really am I seeing here thinking that Phoebe's grandma's a nice person or a healthy person to be around. No, because, like, why? Like, I guess, I guess the reason for a line is because it's like a meant to be like the, the family. She doesn't want to admit, you know, what her, like, Phoebe's dad is actually like. Yeah. But why does grandma care? Like, not, it's not her husband. Well, I like, guess like, after to she just say like after you know after your mum left was gone, it was harder to argue with her, and it just became a thing. Yeah. But there's layers upon layers of lies here that like if I found out all this stuff at Phoebe's age, I'd probably have nothing to do with my nan after that point. Yes. But like, well, it lies with my entire life. 
you may have had supposedly you know good motives behind it but you've still lied to me because it is weird when families do act like this of like you know we can't let the rest of the world know and it's like it's not the rest of the world it's the people down the street who cares about them yeah like you know yes this you know you might have uh, a murder in your family but you know that's an interesting story point to, to me going yeah my uncle murdered people yeah. like, like that's an interesting thing i can discuss that happened in the family sort of thing but yes we don't agree with it but yeah, it you know it, it doesn't it doesn't affect me and who i am no like you know doesn't make me a murderer so yeah. it, it i don't know it's to, to me it's just i guess it's maybe like my fault on things is like i feel like people don't really care and it's like the, the pretense i guess of thinking that other people actually really care deeply about these things that well, aren't the, important i guess the only people that are actually going to care are people that aren't really a big part of your life anyway like it might be the person a few doors down who you know occasionally whispers as you walk past that your uncle yeah. murdered someone but the actual people in your day-to-day life aren't going to care people no. you know your actual friends and family won't care no. i mean they'll care that the murder happened but they won't <laughs> yeah be, they'll be like oh we can't talk to her because her yeah uncle they're, they're related yeah i always find like the, the relations of things weird because they don't they're not you no like you you like if if you know something happened with you ryan like, well, yeah, Ryan did that thing, but it's not me. It's yeah. not like I was a part of that. No. It's just I happen to know the guy that did that thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do what I've done? <laughs> yeah. We then join Joey and Chandler waiting for Phoebe and the cab. Uh, Phoebe pulls up, and you can see a cable dragging behind the taxi, um, which I noticed and I had to research. But apparently it's a much wider thing, and it's not unique to friends. Apparently you can't have a fueled vehicle on a set. Okay. Which I did not know. I mean, you can have guns and all this kind of stuff, but apparently you can't have an actual car with fuel in it. So the car is basically electric and it's powered by this cable and that's how it's getting around the set. Okay. I, did, I didn't wonder if, I did wonder if it's like a, a lot of cars you see, especially in the 80s and early 90s, they'd have a, a little piece of plastic coming down that just touches the road with like a little lightning bolt through it. And it was meant to be that if your car got electric, like lightning hit it, that it would just basically put it through into the ground. Basically, it's rubbish because your car is already, because of the tires, insulated from everything. So if, if lightning did hit the car, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. still grounded. Fair. Yeah. But they set off and just as they're about to pull away, Phoebe hands Chandler a note that says, brake left, gas right. And Phoebe explains that it's her cheat sheet and both the guys reach for their seatbelts. Would you get in a car with Phoebe? No. And I know people who have never driven a car before have been like, there's, there's, what do I do with the pedals? Especially like in a go-kart. You're like, don't push both of them at the same time. You only need, to, you even need to go or brake. That's true. And there, there was a car made very recently that had a pedal where if you let go of it, it would brake. And that seems really dangerous to me. Like, so you, you push down on it to go forward, but if you lift up, it starts applying brakes. Okay, so you need to use one foot essentially. Yeah, but what your clutch? It's an automatic. Oh, okay, fair. So, but yeah, it's, it is funny, like watching people go, like, "Whoa, surely you push both to?" No, you just like you got to get your head around it, I guess, a little bit. I mean, I can't drive, but I understand the mechanics. But but generally, when you're driving, you're using your right foot only. Even in an automatic, you your left foot does nothing there. It, it can rest for the whole journey. Your right foot is either on the 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 gas, as they like to call it in America. <laughs> Uh, the accelerator or the brake like you you don't push both at the same time because there's no benefit to go that anywhere no exactly right <laughs> I, I guess you could do a cool power slide maybe, <laughs> maybe if your car allows it superstar in mario <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah generally you're just using your right foot so but there there are like devices out there where people have released gloves 
for to tell you which side of the road you should drive on. So you wear the glove, like let's say in America, on your uh, like right hand side. Drive on the right hand side of the road because you look at the glove. Weird. Is that? I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's useful to some people, but yeah, you shouldn't be driving if you need that kind of crutch. If you can't tell your left from your right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> don't get in the car. But we leave those guys to rejoin Monica as Ross is nagging her about him being obsessive, as Rachel complained about in her list of things. Uh, Rachel's still complaining and complains that it's too hot in the apartment and she can't turn down the heat because her nails are wet. Did you just break the radiator? No, no. I was turning the knob and and. Here it is. Well, put it back. It, uh, it won't go back. Oh, call the super. Here, let me try it. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about your ability to fuse metal. Hey, it's Funny's cousin. Not funny. Hi, Mr. Trigger. Hi, it's Rachel Green from upstairs. Yes, somebody uh, broke our knob on the radiator, and it's really hot in here. Yes, it's, it's hot enough to bake cookies. <laughs> well, do you think we could have a new one by six? What? No, no, Tuesday. We can't wait until Tuesday. We're having a party tonight. Okay, tip the man. No, if he doesn't like our cookies, too bad. I'm not going to be blackmailed. Uh-huh. Look, if worse comes to worse, it gets a little warm, we'll call it a theme party. Hey, here's the theme. Come on in, live like bacon. This is where it becomes a bit of an unremarkable episode. Like, I'm, I'm sure the, the listing on Netflix or whatever is, Phoebe looks for her dad, uh, the Monica's apartment gets too hot. <laughs> like, 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 that, that's what you boil it down to, isn't it? <laughs> Let me tune right in. Yeah. Um, it's, this isn't a bad episode. Like, it, it's, it's almost like a comfort episode in a way. Because nothing really happens. There, there's no fighting. It just kind of just exists. Well, we've said previously that we were kind of getting Ross and Rachel fatigue. So it was kind of nice that that wasn't really prevalent like yeah there's some stuff with Ross in his list and the slinky but it's not like a episode of oh my god it's all about those two but it, it's not a funny episode either there, there's very few jokes in this that are laugh out loud Char- Charna doesn't really get to say much at all Joey doesn't say much uh, it, it's, it's a Phoebe episode that's for sure and I like Phoebe episodes Yeah, but it's, it's a very kind of there's, there's not a lot really going on in there that's true yeah, the, the the fact that Rachel was like, "Oh, our radiator is broken. Can we get it fixed by 6? I'm like, what? Like, like he's just sitting there waiting waiting for you. Also, how is this radiator like such a weird? But surely you would have noticed that that metal was stressed before it broke. Yes. Again, I'm picking apart the episode here for no real reason. But I'm like, what? It's so odd. So I, I'm going to tell you an interesting fact actually about New York. So when you went to New York, you saw lots of steam rising up, yeah, in the in the streets. Yes. And you'd see these uh, orange and white cones, and normally normally work, workers there you're like why is there steam like new york whenever there's anything on film about new york they always show the steam vents right mm-hmm. uh most places in new york in manhattan specifically uh are heated by steam so there's a couple of power stations uh just outside manhattan um which you know crazy electricity and that steam is then rooted through pipes all underneath manhattan uh-huh. and all the tower blocks and big buildings and stuff at least the old ones, are heated by that steam. So your heating comes from that. That's why there's so many steam pipes under New York and why there's so, many steam, so much steam coming up. And because these pipes are quite old now, 
you get issues and that's why they have to vent the steam or replace the pipes and that's why you have all this steam come out through New York because it's uh. it's basically all under pressure under under Manhattan uh, to to feed all these buildings and heat them. That makes New York sound rather scary. It's, it's it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it, just gonna. It, well, exactly. Then, and, and it does happen in in Manhattan. Like streets do sometimes, you know, have that happen. Um, but it, it is interesting to me, and that's why their apartment is so hot, because it's not them generating the heat in their apartment like we do here, where you can just turn it off. It's just in the building. The building is hot. You either have the radiator on or off. There's always heat in the building, and now the radiator is stuck on. Yes. So she can't just turn it off like... I assume she could. There must be a master valve somewhere outside that radiator that you can turn off, right? Well, we'll get to that later, I guess. Or she could open the window. <laughs> many, yeah, there's many, many, many. But we need, we need things to, for the cast to do. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah, asking you know, the super to fix it instantly. Like, one, he doesn't know what's wrong. It could be a bigger job. Yeah. Two, yes, it is Christmas Eve Eve. Shops should still be open, I would think. Plus, what part does Mr. Trigger need to get? Because... Russ is like, oh, I forgot about your ability to fuse metal. It's like, well, if the metal's torn and like came away, yeah, what are you going to fix? Do you he, need he, a whole radiator. Well, it's probably not even the radiator. He probably does need to cut the pipe and weld pipe back on or whatever. Have it connects. But yeah, it's it's more than just oh, get a new new knob as they like to call it. Yeah, and, and just, just shove that on. But the metal broke. So That's another British word that uh, means something different, isn't it? It does. It's <laughs> yeah. <something> very different. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's something for the cast to do, I guess. It is. But we we leave the hot house and we're outside Phoebe's dad's house as so she slams on the brakes and the boys' heads bang into the plexiglass device <laughs> yeah. the cap, which as friends is occasionally more slapstick than I remember it being. This is one of those moments. Well, yeah, because Phoebe's already said like you know there, there's no um, passenger side uh, safety belt. Yep. Because it had to be cut out from the accident last time. Like what? Well, okay. She probably should have got that replaced right away. I was more, if the accident was so bad, the fire department had to cut somebody out of it. How is the rest of that taxi still functional? Like- well, this is the thing with American cars. So in, in the UK, we have something called the MOT. Don't know what it stands for. I'm not researching that. Um, <laughs> motoring on time? I don't know. Anyway, uh, but basically it means that your car has to be roadworthy and can't have any sharp bits and must have lights and so on. I feel like they don't have that in America because especially in Florida, you go down the highway there and you're like, that car is literally rust. How is that rust holding up that car? And I, f- I feel like, you know, in America, you can just have a car. And I hopefully someone will correct me by messaging us or commenting or whatever. Um, but you, it looks like you can just have a car and just drive it however you like. It doesn't matter if it's safe or not. Oh, okay. And I feel like that's the same with this taxi. Like, there's clearly a lot, of, lot wrong with this taxi. Like, over in the UK, they would have failed it instantly, said it's not roadworthy, it's not safe. In America, nah, it's your fault if die well i don't drive and i've never known someone have a car crash of any kind of severity where the car in the uk hasn't been written off they're like oh it's a write off and i'm like but only that one corner is like crumbled it, 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 yeah the, the bumper has a scratch on it yeah, it's like it's a write off and i'm like oh, it doesn't look like a write off like if you told me you'd written your car off in an accident i'd assume you'd have like injuries well a, a write off means that it's cheaper to scrap it than to repair it not that it's like unrepairable or a danger Okay. So, so it could be that you have a car, let's say, is worth £400. You damage the bumper. The bumper costs £500 to put on. Yep, you, okay. it, the car is written off because the bumper is worth more than the whole car, which is weird to me because of all the electronics and engine and everything else in there. Yeah. Um, 
It's it's just our throwaway society, I guess. That sounds like a con to me. Sounds like there's some dodginess going on at the part shop. Well, well, there is, isn't it? Because you know the bumper probably costs a hundred pound. It's the labour and stuff that costs more. Uh, but that, that's why we write off cars that you're like, but it's fine and has all this cool tech inside it. Why are we throwing it away? And that's the the reason. Um, MOT mark stands for Ministry of Transport. Oh, okay. Because they invented the test. There we go. So technically, you have your MOT test. It's yep. not. It's not like a something off test. It's MOT Ministry yeah. of Transport test. There we go. Um, so yeah, so yeah, and at the same time, like a lot of Americans don't wear seatbelts. Like even now, you see like there there's signs on the road saying like put on your seatbelt. Like loads of Americans are like no, why should I? And there was even cars designed where the seatbelt was attached to the door, so when you got in. The seatbelt physically was was on you. You didn't have to do anything. Like you're that lazy. <laughs> you had <laughs> to have wanna... it. You had to have the car designed in a way that the seatbelt just automatically went on. But why wouldn't you put it on? Because it's my American God-given right to do what I want. Right? I I don't know. Like it's it's, just... it's, it's a weird mentality. And I and I've got lots of American friends where when they come over here, you're like, put on your seatbelt. Like one, it's the law. Two. I don't want you to smash into my windscreen because that's probably going to hurt a lot at the very least. I'm going to have to write my car off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like happens. And, you know, I, I had a friend once who did have a car crash and he didn't have his seatbelt on be- and he didn't have one on because he had dirty overalls and he didn't want to dirty up the seatbelt because when he wore it next time, it'd yeah. get dirty, dirty the clothes the ne- next time. And he had a car accident and he went through the windscreen. And they're solid glass. Like, they're, they're pretty chunky. And they was like, you're lucky that you did not die here because like your head just went straight through, you know, this this thick glass that's got plastic on it protecting it and whatnot, keeping it all together. And then you've left the vehicle as well. Blimey. Uh, so yeah, I, I never understand. Like, if anyone said to me, like, do you want to get on a roller coaster and not wear this safety belt or this this pullover thing, but you're highly likely to be flung out of it and probably killed. No, I'm gonna put it on. Yeah, but no, I'm good. Oh. If, even if they went, you know, like say same with like the coronavirus, people are saying like, would you eat one in a hundred Skittles that might be filled with poison? No, no, nope. no, I I wouldn't. Right, like it's it's all about self preservation. So when it comes to seatbelts, like I don't understand why Americans don't do it, but generally they don't. Strange. Yeah, it's very weird to me. Sorry, that that was a bit of a weird tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a change for you to go on a weird tangent. Yeah. To be fair, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, Phoebe can't seem to find the courage to get out of the taxi and go meet her dad. Which is understandable. Yeah, I, the anxiety she must be feeling. Like at, at the start, when you're just on the journey down there, cool. Like you're excited, but then you're like, oh, I've got to meet this person. I don't know anything about them. Like, and I've got all inside my head, like, you know, 20 years plus worth of thoughts about who they are. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an anxiety ridden nightmare. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, even for like a different context of, you know, you're like at school, you're like, I'm definitely going to ask that girl out next time I see her. Yeah. And like, you spend the whole like journey to school, like, yes, I'm going to do it. And then you walk past me and you go, <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> yeah. you just don't say anything. It's like, but I imagine that time is, you know, by a million. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. We're back at the Xmas party, which doesn't seem like a Christmas party, Mark, because it's super hot and everyone's in short. And I'm like, how did the gang get this memo out to all those people so fast in the 90s? They've got pages? Well, did, did they also turn up and change? Because you're not wearing shorts outside in December in New York. No, what happened here? And it's, yeah, it's just weird. Like, just tell them, like, hey, it's hot in here. Just so you know. Why they didn't open the massive windows they got at the back, I don't know. That really make much difference. And why the boys didn't go, hey, why don't we have the party at our apartment? Because we just interchangeably swap apartments anyway. I would imagine they suggested that and Monica would be like, no, I'm the host. 
Because yeah. she's Monica. I, I always like seeing the friends that they have. Like, because you know... You never really see, especially from, from this series onwards, the cast interact with anyone else besides the main six, really. really. Yeah. And so you have all these background actors, and you're like, so, I wonder who's friends with who, and, you know, why, why is the cast not talking to them ever? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just in the background. <laughs> like, especially, like, Chandler or Joey, they'll be like, hey, well, Monica, Rachel, and Phoebe's female friends are here. This could be a good time for us to get to make more friends. Yeah, and they don't do it. It's yeah. it's, it's always interesting to to see, and yeah, it's, it's just so strange how everyone has turned up in shorts. It is. I mean, Gunther's also there, which is nice. Yeah, because uh, they do invite him out to stuff later, and it's almost seen as like, oh, he was in earshot. We should invite him. So this time, was he in earshot again? Are they friends with him? Like he said his first line now. Yeah, but and it, and it, again, like Chan. Uh, sorry, Ross giving the slinky to him means like okay i know who this guy is now but they haven't ever interacted with him before this point no like you would understand if rachel had invited him in the sense of they work together and maybe yeah i guess so yeah but we'll never know mark no sadly we won't but yeah i'd like that that theory is probably best like rachel's like hey it's my work friend he's downstairs maybe some of the other people there also work colleagues yeah like you can't invite one work should, 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 should we should we rewind and, and see, see if we can spot them <laughs> yeah uh, but russ is also there boring a woman about how much jelly puts in his hair. Yes, because Ross is boring and dull. Monica offers her ice cubes as if they're a snack, and of course everyone wants one. Yep. And then Mr. Trigger arrives. He's here for the pie. You know, that pie they didn't invite him to. Yeah, that's a bit odd, isn't it? Like, they, they said, like, come up, we've got an issue, because we're having a party, but you wouldn't just turn up, would you? Like, I know he's a lonely guy, as we see in later episodes. Yeah. So maybe he's just like, oh, I'm lonely, I'll just pop by pretending to be the super, just checking things out. And see if I can stay. Like, is it? He's a sweet guy. Yes, he's adorable. But yeah, it's it's a bit forward doing this. I think they should invite him to every Christmas party. They should do, yeah. Uh, but this is the chance to get the radio fix. Also, Ross thinks we've got a clip about it. Well, yeah, because he he is going to seize the day, isn't he? Mr. Traeger. Uh, you said there was a party. Oh yeah. Well, hey, welcome to our sauna. <laughs> uh, is it hot? <laughs> My body always stays cool. Probably because I have so much skin. <laughs> hey, jeez. All right, all right, here's the chance. Monica, give him cash. Rachel, give him your earrings. It's something now, anything. No, I will not cave. Yeah, I'm with Mon. All right, all right. You know how you say I never seize the day? Well, all right, even though he's your super, I'm seizing. Mr. Trigger, <laughs> here is 50 bucks. Merry Christmas. Oh, wow. I didn't get you anything. Here's five back. No, 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 that's, that's your Christmas tip. All right? Oh, hey, do you think there's a chance uh, you can fix that radiator now? Uh, no can do. Like I told the girl, I can't get a new knob until Tuesday. Ross? Yeah? Looks like he's playing baseball. You mean hardball? <laughs> Whatever. What you gonna do? Excuse me, I'm seizing. Mr. Traeger, here's another 50. Happy Hanukkah. Will, uh, will this help with the knob getting? No, the place is not open till Tuesday. Am I not saying it right? So, wait, you really did like my cookies? Oh, yeah. They were so personal. Really showed you cared. 
Yeah, he's, he's a nice guy, isn't he? He is, he's adorable. But at the same time, Ross should have, after the first 50, gone, oh no, he's being genuine. Like, you can tell when someone is pushing. Yeah. And he was like, no, I told the girl before, this is the reason. The end. Yeah, it says a lot about Ross's view of the world and how he sees people. It's Mr. Trigger's just doing his job and he's very, you know, sincere. And he's like, yeah. oh, no, I know, I can't fix that until Tuesday. Especially given that it's Christmas. Well, like, and, and especially as he's, he's took the 50 off, off this guy. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know Ross. Like, why would he have any idea who Ross is? He shouldn't, shouldn't really. And he's gone, oh, thanks for the 50. I didn't get you anything. That's a joke in itself. Yeah. And he goes, here's five back. I really like that. that like, that's kind of funny. But also, he's being nice there. And then and Ross can see, like, should, well, he should be able to see from that, like, oh, he's not trying to get more money. Yeah, why would he offer me five back if he wanted more? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, it's, it's Ross trying to show off to go. It's, it's almost like the poker episode again. Mm. He's getting cocky, trying to show off, and it always fails for him. Well, Rachel says no, he's Joe boy, and he strops off. And he's such a wet blanket. I sound like you now, Mark, with the Ross hate. I, if... well, well, hang on. Before you carry on, I do like Ross. Just not, not in these seasons. Later on, I'll like him a bit more. Okay. Early seasons, Ross, you don't like him. No. Um, but if you judge him solely by this episode alone, there's almost zero reason anyone would want to date him. Yeah, it's, it's almost like in a, in a later season where he's, you know, he's trying to explain to the three women, you know, what happened with his previous marriages and all that. And it's just like, no, Ross, like, everything about you and everything you say is not appealing. Yeah. Mainly because it's all focused on himself. Like, going up to a woman and talking about your hair gel, like, no. No, women talk to me about my hair a lot, to be fair. They're talking about you, though. They're not, if, if a woman came up to you and was like, oh, look at my hair, it's so beautiful and wonderful, you probably wouldn't be that interested. No, I'd be like, it's a pretty short conversation. Like, yeah. Wash your hair longer. I didn't cut it, but still. But still. Yeah. Like, and you know, Ross is talking to someone who doesn't know know him that well. I assume about a situation that's, that's kind of personal in a way. Like your friends, fine. Talk to Chan or Joe about it. Fine. No random stranger's going to care what Rachel has said to you. No. Just we'll just yeah, it's just odd. Like plus, I'm guessing he hasn't gone into that conversation honestly. And if he has, it's even more awkward for the poor woman that he's yeah. this boring to. But still, but Mr. Trigger now approaches Rachel and asks if their son had some mistletoe. Now that's spoon grabbing, Mark. <laughs> that is, like, that, that is so it's so low key though. You don't think about it, and then you're like, actually, no, that's really confident of him to do that Hats with off. Rachel. And like that used to be the the way you would kind of do it, I guess, in comedy, wasn't it? Like, oh, there's mistletoe here. Like, I guess we can kiss now. Like, you have to. Whereas in the you know in 2022 now. It almost seems um, a bit forceful. Yeah, doing a bit creepy. That. Yes. Um, I mean, in my experience, I'd probably say to them, like, is that mistletoe? And the girl would be like, do you know it kills trees? And like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do like the way she, she gets around that uh, by saying, like, no, it's not mistletoe. But yeah, I mean, he clearly is. But it is. But he took his shot. He missed, but he took his shot. Right yeah. now, if I had to choose, I'm taking Mr. Trego on a date over Ross. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Like, yeah. he, he's sweet. Yes, I'm, I'm assuming... He's not attractive. But the, the way I see Mr. Trigger, I, om- I already kind of see him as having a family, almost like a um, King of Queens type program where, yeah. you know, he, he's a slightly larger, larger man. He probably has a slightly larger wife, probably has like a couple of kids. They, they live in their little apartment while he does his job and that. But it's, you know, that, that kind of dynamic. I don't see him as being a single man. No, I'd have watched a slice of, slice of, slice of life, can get the phrase out, yeah. like episode about Mr. Trigger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, just, there aren't many side characters I wouldn't watch. I mean, that, that, that could have replaced Joey. Like, Mr. Trigger goes through all the apartments and, you know, said it a bit earlier. 
and you could have um you could have Mr. Heckles like you know him meeting him it it could almost be like you know he just goes around and meets the different characters and that's what forms the series I'd probably watch that to be fair yeah it could be interesting but uh, we rejoin Phoebe and the boys and Phoebe's still having trouble trying to find the courage to knock her dad's door I think that's fair I mean this I think is heartbreaking really like especially at Christmas poor Phoebe um, although I actually really appreciate this popping up in the Christmas episode of Friends uh, my dad wasn't around when I grew up for the most part and it never really bothered me but at Christmas you'd always see these like standard 2.4 family units on TV mm. so it's nice to me that Friends recognise that things in the real world aren't always that simple even though we're looking at the real world through the prism of a TV show yeah yeah sense. yeah it was just nice that it wasn't all happy families all the time I, th- I think that's what made it stand out like there's a lot of shows now that, that do follow what Friends did Having differences, but yeah, back in the nineties, every show was like a perfect family unit, and uh, there might be some like discrepancies, but it'd always be solved by the end of the episode. Whereas it's like, no, like there's something that's not great here, and it's not resolved in this episode. It takes many episodes to resolve it. Yeah, it would always be like mum, dad, and two kids, like a boy and a girl, and it was always just like same. Always been the same thing on TV. Yeah. So you know, as a person who grew up in a single parent household, it was quite nice to see. Oh look, you know, it's TV reflecting that somewhat. Although you didn't live in a cardboard box with other crackheads. I didn't live in a cardboard box with other crackheads, to be fair. But still. Um, but the guys comfort Phoebe, and it's very spirit of Christmas. It's a very Christmassy moment, and I love it. Yeah, I really like the, the Christmas episodes of Friends. Um, it kind of does convey the feel of Christmas that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, I would agree. Like, everything has become very commercialised. And even when you go to the shops, and we've discussed this before, like, the, the Christmassy feel isn't there. No. Just in life, I think, just because life has changed. And, yeah, it's just it's just more nice and relaxed, isn't it? I mean, we have our, like, annual gift exchange at Christmas, and that always makes me feel Christmassy. Uh, it's quite a mean-spirited Christmas, as we tease each other quite a lot. Yeah. But it's still, you know, that that's become, like, my new Christmassy thing, I guess. Okay. Uh, there's Christmas with the family, which I always enjoy. But then there's, you know, like, where's my Christmas spirit? And it's like, right, well, we've all bought each other gifts and we're going to go exchange the presents and have a nice time and play nerdy games. And I'm always like, that, you know, that's nice and Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but the taxi trio return at the Hot Lodge, which is why I nicknamed the apartment for this episode. <laughs> um, and Phoebe's briefs the other sister what's going on. Well, Joey attempts to turn down the radiator. Yeah. I mean... Like, like, I think that's the thing I would do is like, I want to look at this because seeing as you guys haven't solved it, there must be something like simple to I mean, fix. I don't know if it's man logic where someone tells you something's broken and they can't fix it and your brain just goes, I'll do it. Well, yeah, because you're like, <laughs> sounds easy enough, right? Just, you're like, well, of course I can fix it because it needs fixing, yeah. even though you have zero expertise in the area, potentially. Well, Mr. Trigger admittedly didn't even look at the radiator. Nope. Rachel told him what the issue was. And, and this is the problem with most like technical support, isn't it? Yes. Rachel has assumed what the issue is, told the issue. They've gone, all right, that must be the issue. Let's try and fix that issue. And it turns out that's not the issue at all. I've lost count of the amount of times I've been told there's a certain problem or they've made the assumption that's the issue. And when you actually look into it, it's not even remotely related to what they've said. No. And Mr. Trigger should have been smart enough and gone, all right, that's broken. I will. We can fix it temporarily by doing this. Well, I was wondering, do supers have hours? Like, are you only allowed to call Mr. Trigger from, say, 9 to 6, and at 6.05, tough luck, you by yourself? I'm sure he has, like, emergency call out. Like, if there's a burst water pipe, he's not going to be like, nope, he has to wait till the morning. Because surely he can't, he can't be, can't be 24-7 because they have no work-life balance. Well, no, it, it, it probably is 24-7 in terms of emergency call out, but for general jobs, he'll be like, no, this is scheduled in. Yeah, I, I do it when I'm at work. Yeah. He's, he's currently, you know, out of office email. He's like, yeah. Um, 
But Chandler realizes it's after midnight and wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. And then Joey announces to Monica that he's just turned the radiator off from underneath and he hopes that's okay. And that's what I thought earlier, that there must be a, an isolator valve to just turn it all off to the apartment. Yeah, exactly. Just like, why? It just makes sense. Like, you might want heating on elsewhere. Why would you just have the one knob? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I like when Joey's smart like this. Like, it's, it is street smarts in a sense. Like, it's saying that he knows, but it's not, it's not informational knowledge. Yeah, it just kind of, I guess it shows the lack of experience in the rest of the gang that they've never had to deal with a radiator. Whereas I imagine growing up in Joey's house with many, many sisters, anytime anything remotely kind of householdy, like yeah, technically on, doing, yeah. it would be like, probably not Joey's dad because he's like working or having affairs. Well, maybe, well, maybe he's taught him, you know? Yeah, or just job. I just want Joey's like, Joey, it's not working. Then Joey has to go and fix it. And certainly in my house, any kind of tech support or fixing is pretty much, you know, like, Ryan, come fix it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, here we go again. But I certainly wouldn't ask you to come and fix my radiator because you'd be like, which end is the spanner? And <laughs> <laughs> but like, where's the hammer, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole gang turns to look at him as if Joey's not allowed to know about radiators. Joey can't know about this. He's Joey. How has he managed to solve the problem? And it's like, well, because he looked. Yeah, like, Joey's the type of person who could probably like scrape by anything. Like if if he's stuck in a situation, he will figure out a solution that, that will work. Yeah. But if you're like, can you do you know some mathematical mathematical equation? No. Like he's he's not that sort of smart. He's a you know let's just bodge it and get on with it sort of guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he invents fireball. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> um, and it's gift shop time. But Joey and Chandler were helping Phoebes, so they didn't have much time to buy presents. So let's have a listen. No, because they, they, they were meant to go to the outlet, weren't they? They were. And I guess that the, they said at the time, like, oh, we're going to see, see Phoebe's dad. That'll be like two hours, and we'll have time for the outlets because they shut at seven or whatever. But no, Phoebe's not going to be there for two hours. She'd potentially be there all day. Yeah, why you'd think, oh, person going to meet their dad for the first time ever yeah. would take two hours. I don't know. Probably should have gone to the outlets first. Yeah, probably should have done your Christmas shopping before Christmas Eve. And also for me, before we play the clip, because basically the end of the episode, uh, I think this is what redeems the whole episode for me. Oh. And and is one of those those moments that is that lives on in the memes. And certainly there's a line in there uh, that's that's going to be my joke of the episode that I think is is the thing you can say to people who who are friends fans and they they totally know what you mean. Fair. So. I think we should get onto that. Some some hype there, Mike. You built it up. Rach, these are for you. Wiper blades. <laughs> I don't even have a car. <laughs> no, but with this new car smell, you'll think you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phoebes, your turn. Uh-huh. You guys. Hey, and for Ross, Mr. Sweet Tooth. You got me a cola drink and a lemon lime. <laughs> well, this, this is too much. I feel like I should get you another sweater. <laughs> and last but not least, they're ribbed for your pleasure. My joke. My joke. That last line from Joey. <laughs> I, it's just the way he says it, they're ribbed for your pleasure. Like, it's just so perfectly pitched. But also Chandler's line, where he goes, and a lemon lime. Like, just excitement. <laughs> it is great. So, 
I saw a lot of memes, uh, well, not memes, just pictures on the friends' Facebook groups of couples who had given these presents to people. Nice. They bought like toilet seat covers and they bought like a lime drink and put lemon on it or whatever. Uh, I'm kind of gutted that I didn't think about doing that because I think it, think it would have been really funny to do. And, and one friend would have been upset about the present they got. <laughs> I mean, you could have done next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely perfect. Like, you couldn't be angry at the guys for that because it's so funny. It is. I mean, my assumption is that somewhere there, you know, before they open this box, it was right. We've just got these for now, and we'll get your real presents on, you know, yeah. on Boxing Day. Um, but my favorite part of the whole clip is just toilet seat covers. Yeah, like, like Phoebe's so excited by that. I mean, she's Phoebe. Like, it's it's a nice because we start the episode being reminded that Phoebe's a bit weird. Yeah. Then we have this really, what should be this really intense, like, lied about her family, misled, her dad's not there, can't see her dad. But it's a like, really intense, like, Phoebe kind of plot line. And at the end of the episode, we end it with, Toilet seat covers! Yeah. And she's back to being, like, quirky, fun Phoebe. But, but I guess what you don't see in that clip is that uh, Joey hands the condoms to Monica. Yes. And then she swaps with Ross. For the cola. Yeah. yeah. I hope she gets the lemon lime as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just the lime rib for your pleasures. If she's going to get some enjoyment from this, because um, she doesn't have a boyfriend at this point. I mean, so. she, yeah, she can't use them by herself. No, no. <laughs> no but it's just, it's just the way she swaps with her brother. It's just weird. So, well, he can't use them. At the minute, <laughs> no, <you> know? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, what does he need them for? Jerry Mazzola just kept them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's absolutely great. Uh, just the the gifts they they get for each other. Like they could, they could have just got drinks, cola drinks for everyone, right? But I mean, they they don't. They they specifically put some effort in. I mean, what I like is earlier we talk about Joey being like street street smart and smarter in certain situations, but the setup of windscreen wipers for Rachel, she's like, I don't have a have a car. It's yeah. like, but you think you will with this new <laughs> yeah. car? It's so amazingly one two. It's yeah. just like it's such a great scene. It, well, it's, it's definitely like one of those uh, American TV adverts for. For like a mop or something. But wait, there's more. <laughs> this is why you absolutely love it. I'm uh, curious now. Next time I see my sister, who's a giant friends nerd, I might just go, toilet seat covers! <laughs> and see if she knows what I'm talking I about. I thought you were going to say you're going to buy a ribbed condoms there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's very inappropriate. Yeah, no, let's not go on that back. <laughs> Uh, no, because occasionally, like when one of us scares the other one, we go like Unagi. Like we do constant French references when we when we're around. To be fair, so and, and also you got to call it a cola drink. Yeah, it's not, it's not a Coca Cola. A cola drink. Cola drink off brand. Yeah, which just makes me think of like the the Panda Cola drinks had at school, which oh. barely tasted of any Coca Cola and had no fizz to them at all. I don't know what I mean, they didn't even taste like sugar, did they? Well, they, they just... were in plastic as well. So you had to pop the top on with your straw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just weird. Just colours. It's just E-numbers and Yeah, water, yeah. <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I think even just turning from, from our kind of perking up at the end here. To, to me, this, this saves the episode from being a dull episode. Yeah. Considering it really is just one line. Uh, but yeah, th- this is a, a Phoebe episode through and through. The, the whole radiator thing. Uh, there's a bit of Ross and Rachel list stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's not a bad episode. Like I I don't know where it would rank compared to the one with the thumb. I like it more than the one with the thumb. Well, yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's it's a comfort episode. There's there's no highs, there's no lows, but there's not really much going on. No, there's a lot going on next week when we're back with uh, episode ten, the one with Russ. Oh yes, that one is a good one. That's, that's, a, that's classic. a classic. That's a classic. Um, 
I won't talk about it now as it will spoil it for the episode, but <laughs> yes. there was a revelation to me in this episode and I'm not quite sure how I didn't know this before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please don't tell me that you didn't realise that Russ is actually David Swiller. <laughs> You'll have to tune in next week to find out, Mark. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, until then, uh, where else can they find you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk for all your nerdy shenanigans. And you can find me at fuzzballs.co where you can buy cute uh, t-shirts with cat pictures on and bunnies and tigers and other things. You can also find us at uh, the social medias, Ryan. Do do you know what they are this week? We've been doing this for like 30 episodes at this point at least. Watch Friends Pod on Twitter. Yep. Uh, Watchingfriends.com. Yep. You can write to us there. That's nice. You can find us on patreon.com forward slash watchingfriends. Yes, that's really important. So um, I'm sure they heard your advert earlier. And if you never want to hear that advert again, uh, we do have an ad-free tier on there, which is nice because that gets you loads of other bonus content too. And if you do want to hear it lots, I'm sure we can just send you the file and you can listen to it once you're subscribed to Patreon as well, much as you want. Well, you when you subscribe to the Patreon, you get a Patreon feed you can add to your podcast app of choice. You can still listen to the normal one. So up to you. Yeah. We can do dedications. You could, you could listen to us twice. At the same time. At the same time, just... I mean, it would go out of sync when the adverts appear. It would. By about two minutes. Um, but yeah, we, we do have another tier on there where you can have your name read out as well. So you can be a producer of the show. And you can tell us who your favourite friend is and or or not. And, <laughs> and we will discuss that. Debate with, debate with Mark why he shouldn't hate Ross so but, uh, much. But yeah, there, there's lots of content on there. I don't need to go through it again. We've already had the advert once. So, I think that brings us to the end of the episode, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're all, all good to go. So, well, this is your episode. You, you need to end this. I mean, I felt like I already had, but I will end it again. Uh, yeah, so catch us next week for the one with Russ. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this episode, but it's not a classic, but next one, next one definitely is. Okay. Cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>